We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, my people? KJ Podcast. Today's episode is a quick crossover podcast. I join Coffeehouse Stunt, Ted Wynn, writer for The Athletic, film guru, and a podcaster on Blue Wire. He was one of the first people to join our team. BlueWirePods.com. Check out the full lineup. Yeah, just like a quick little 10, 15 minutes on the Raiders, giving you a sample of Ted. I have some thoughts on both teams. And then, of course, I will record Thursday night, Friday morning to recap Thursday night football. Is Nick Mullins really going to play? It really feels like the Niners are not going out of their way to win this game. Tom Savage is on the roster. We'll talk after the game. I think they could have done more to add a quarterback to this roster. Who knows? Nick Mullins could shock us all. Anyways, here's Ted and I on 49ers Raiders Thursday night football preview. All right, now we're going to have Kevin Jones, the uh, boss man of the whole Blue Wire Network, on to talk some uh, 49ers with us. How you doing, Kevin? Ted, my guy, you were one of the first to take this leap, and I think we're having a lot of success early on, bluewirepods.com. I appreciate all the momentum. Your listeners have been really engaged, and it's just fun to have this content to share with everyone. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, giving me a chance to do this. I mean, I wasn't really in the podcast world before, so it's been uh, pretty cool to actually do this. For sure, man. Uh, unfortunately, we've got quite the game this week. Uh, I remember us talking this summer, Raiders, 49ers. I think the NFL wishes they could reschedule this one. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's it's basically going to be the, uh, the the Bosa Bowl who gets uh, Nick Bosa coming out of the draft. <laughs> Actually, um, yeah. We're recording this right now. I'm about to drop some shit. 
shirts tank for Bosa, both in Raiders and 49ers colors, so make sure you get those. Oh, nice. So what is going on with the Niners secondary? Who is starting in all four spots with all the injuries happening? I think one of the weirdest decisions they made all year, Ted, is benching Akilah Witherspoon. They didn't really let him play through his struggles. I think it was the Green Bay game. Maybe before that, they brought in Greg Maven, kind of an undrafted guy who's bounced around practice squads. They actually just cut Greg Maven today. So they haven't been giving him a chance and just shifting to the D-line too. Solomon Thomas, his playing time has been out of whack. These are your third-round pick and your first-round pick from 2017. It's not a good look. Richard Sherman's been great. He's missed a couple games with a calf injury, but he's been everything they've asked for. He's really the only one performing. I think everyone overvalued Joukowsky Tart in the offseason. He's a hard hitter. He can make plays from time to time. Sometimes he's lost on the field. He's pointing different directions. He's not lined up properly. And then Adrian Colbert, we all had huge expectations for. He's been out for the season. DJ Reed's been filling in there. Jimmy Ward. The secondary is a mess. Um, you know, if they don't get Nick Bosa in the draft, I do think they'll look heavily at a cornerback. Yeah, so I mean, the Raiders are kind of go through a similar issue with uh, former first round pick Gary and Conley. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, these corners have to be on the field, and these defensive backs have to be on the field to learn from their mistakes. But it just seems like uh, these coaches are unwilling to let them do that. Uh, but is is Ty, I think his name is Typhus Powell. Is he the starting free safety this week with Colbert out? It feels like a preseason game. We're going to have Nick Bullins probably at quarterback. Uh, we're down to, I don't know, Brita's going to suit up this week on a short week. So you're going to have Raheem Mostert there. This is literally the, who the 49ers were playing in their fourth preseason game. So I, I would say the advantage is to the Raiders offense this week with Derek Carr. Even without Amari Cooper, they can figure out how to move the ball on this defense. Although the 49ers have been kind of bend but don't break. They play well in the second and third corners, and they normally have a letdown in the fourth. Yeah, so I actually think that the, um, the Niners have a huge advantage on offense because the Raiders just gave up 222 yards on the ground to the Colts. Uh, they gave up three touchdowns to the Colts, uh, Colts trio of tight ends. Uh, and obviously the Raiders and the Niners have a very strong uh, run game. They're second in the league in rush yards right now, only to the Rams, and have a really good tight end in George Kittle. Um, so if C.J. Beathard plays, I know he hasn't had a down week against Cardinals, but I think he could look like he did against Green Bay against the um, the Raiders' young defense. Uh, so what do you know about Nick Mullins in case he has to play? Do you think he can do the job? Gosh, I, I don't know much. I'm going to be honest. That fourth preseason game I was not heavily engaged in. I, I know he's smaller. He's 6'1", 200 pounds, so he looks different than C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard's able to see over the pocket. I would not expect much. There's fans clamoring for Nick Mullins. They want to see C.J. Beathard off the field. You bring up the Green Bay game. He was great against the Chargers, too. It's been very inconsistent. When he's off, he's off. When he's on, he's on. You kind of know early on. It's been up to Kyle to try and scheme things up. I think he's doing the best job he can. Kendrick Bourne was their leading receiver last week. He's an undrafted guy from last year. They just don't have talent anywhere. It's it's not only C.J. Beathard. It's other people not getting open. And, yeah, and then, Ted, you, you did mention their O-line. I think Kyle's just going to pound the football as much as possible this week. I think you will see Albert Morris in addition to Raheem Mostert. This is a wasted season for the 49ers except for the running game. They kind of got it installed this year where Jimmy G can come back next year and pick up with this running game. They could be okay. Yeah, and the, the running game really surprised me how well they performed. I mean, they, they haven't just improved. They're within the top, you know, the top six, top five of uh, – rushing teams and when they get Jarek McKinnon back uh, I think Breida has proven himself to be a more than a capable 
number two back once uh, McKinnon is there. So that's definitely been a huge surprise for um, for the Niners. And as far as um, their linebackers, it doesn't look like Ruben Foster is going to play. Uh, what have you seen from Malcolm Smith? He's going to be asked to cover Jared Cook and Jalen Richard. And I know Raider fans remember Malcolm Smith for having his troubles in coverage. Um, has that been true with the Niners so far? He was kind of phased out and then got thrown back into the mix next week with Elijah Lee. But yeah, I, I would expect the, the Raiders to target Malcolm Smith. I didn't notice that he played 37 snaps last week. It didn't feel like he was on the field as much. Fred Warner has been very good for a third round rookie. 66 tackles. I think that's like seventh in the league. But with Foster out, I would expect Gruden to attack intermediately. I think the 49ers can be exposed in the middle of their cover three. I think teams have found holes of, of where to pick this thing apart. Tart, if he misses the game, that strong safety position has just been tough for them. Ted, they don't know where to line them up. There's just been holes in the secondary. They're not giving up huge plays, but you can beat them 15, 20 yards. And then, Ted, the other thing is, Teams have been screening the 49ers to death, screen passes, because this team's not good at tackling. They make you try and make tackles in space. The Cardinals did it last week. The Chargers did it. The Packers even did it. I would expect um, I would expect the Raiders to call a bunch of screens. Yeah, and uh, Derek Carr has been known for checking the ball down. Sometimes that's a right decision. Sometimes it could be a little more aggressive. But uh, against the Niners-style defense, uh, Jalen Richard is definitely going to be open into flats or short and it's going to be up to the Niners uh, secondary to tackle him and limit his gains at this point of the season. What do you, what do you think is more valuable for the Raiders or the Niners? Do you think it's more valuable to win games, to have something to build on, or do you think it's better to try to get a higher draft position? I used to be on the opposite side. I used to think win some games here, have the momentum. The 49ers won some games last year and even it was Jimmy Garoppolo Players have regressed since then. So I don't automatically think winning translates to becoming a better football player. At this point, the 49ers are going to start Nick Mullins over Tom Savage. They're pretty much admitting, like, we're not actively trying to win this game. We're not try- we're not calling Jay Cutler. We're not making moves like that. You know, no coach will ever admit they're trying to lose. They get up in the building. They get up at 4 a.m. They, they work hard. But I think privately – in their in their moments where they're trying to justify all this losing, I think I think both teams would be okay losing this game. It sucks that it's on national television. You want the Bay Area to look better than this, but it's going to be a clown show. There's going to be a lot of memes. There's going to be a lot of shit talking on Twitter for this game. I already have a feeling. Yeah, for sure. And it's just it's sad. I mean, there was a lot of expectations coming into uh, the season for both teams. Uh, the Raiders, you know, were one year removed from their 2016. Uh, when they when they made the playoffs, the Niners obviously won a few games with uh, Garoppolo in the fold, and just be, you know because of injuries and other things and trades that we don't want to talk about. Uh, both teams have really st- stunk, and they're they're combined to what two and ten coming in this game, and it's just a sad state of affairs in the the Bay Area right now, and it's going to be on display for the whole country on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, I remember we talked before the season on my podcast, and I told you John Gruden, I had a feeling he was going to be like Joe Gibbs this year, not from a play-calling standpoint, but Joe Gibbs, his first year, traded Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis. The year after that, he drafted Jason Campbell. There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve here with Gruden coming back and trying to evaluate his own talent. I think Reggie McKenzie gets fired. I think John Gruden needs to bring in his own GM, someone that he really trusts, to get him out of the that world. He can admit that he made some mistakes maybe. He won't do that year one, but 
I think a real legit GM that he trusts has to come in here and, and try and clean up the mess that he started. No, I agree. Um, he's made a lot of comments in the public about Reggie McKenzie and criticizing his past draft picks. And, you know, publicly they've said that they want to work together. Um, but if they if Gruden doesn't want McKenzie as his guy, then he has to find another GM. There's only one GM coach in the league that could do both jobs and that's bill belichick i just don't think anybody else can do it uh so yeah he, he needs to bring somebody in that he could trust and he could work with and yeah gruden's probably gonna have more power than uh, other coaches but he could create kind of a similar dynamic with uh that uh john lynch has with kyle shanahan where they both have uh some say in the roster yeah. uh makeup and uh still work together i wanted to ask you this before we get off I mean, there's still eight games left, but if Derek Carr continues his up-and-down play and the Raiders do get the number one overall pick, there's Justin Herbert, there's some other prospects, do you think they'll go QB? It's such a huge decision, and a lot will go into play. It's hard to make that decision now, but QB's not off the table. No, um, and like, you know, Gruden, he says one thing and he does another, so it's just so unpredictable right now. Uh, But I do honestly believe that Carr will get the rest of next year to prove he's a franchise quarterback. I'm not totally in love with next year's uh, quarterback draft class. Uh, I know Justin Herbert's a guy everybody loves right now, but I, I just need to see him play big and more big games uh, to justify being the number one pick, but he does have yeah. a lot of physical talent. So yeah, I'm not in love with next year's draft class, but the year after, if Tua decides to uh, come out in a year after, I, I like Tua's game a lot. And um if Carr doesn't prove to be the guy, then obviously the Raiders are going to probably have another bad season, and they have another uh, another two first round draft picks uh, that in that year. So uh, maybe that's the year where they look at another quarterback. But I do think that the Raiders will give Carr uh, one more year to uh, prove he's the guy. Yeah, I wonder if the Giants or the Jaguars or someone will offer a second round pick or will get Gruden, you know, a little shaken up. What should we do here? Because I do think Derek Carr could still succeed in the NFL. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to in the time frame that John Gruden wants to right now, which is such a shame because Carr is talented, but there's just been some limitations exposed in his game, I guess. But just, just a nightmare scenario, Ted, for both of these teams. I, I appreciate all of our listeners still tuning in. Like, we're lucky we have hardcore fan bases here because this is the low of the low right now. Yeah. So again, uh, thank you for tuning in. And I know it's not uh, not a great season, but we're we're trucking through it. And uh, there are things to look for, like we talked about. I mean, Derek Carr is still under evaluation. There's a lot of young players on both rosters that have to be evaluated. Those things are worth looking at. But again, thank you for tuning in. Kevin, thank you again for uh, joining me, giving me a chance to start this podcast. And yeah, we'll catch you next week on another episode of Coffee House Stunt. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.